Hi, my name is Tina, and I talk a lot. So I figured I may as well put these vocal cords to good use. You know what? This isn't my first podcast, but it just might be my last. See, my passions are probably not unlike yours. They're plentiful and kind of all over the place. I can hardly be defined by one area of expertise when it comes to my business. And I love things like wiener dogs, a good game night, and books. All the books. So honestly, it just made sense to brand me. This brings us to the show. Tina talks a lot. I think you may just get a kick out of it. I just truly hope that your day is filled with so much awesomeness. And wherever you are as you're listening to this, I do have a feeling you're going to want to take some notes. Uh, But if you are folding laundry or driving or just doing some household activities, I totally get it. I love listening to podcast episodes uh, while I'm multitasking. It's like one thing uh, that makes some of those items a little bit more enjoyable, right? And so today on Tina Talks, we are talking about the 10 uh, best practices for starting a business. Now, I know that many of you listening to this are actually already in business. You already have a business or multiple businesses, but chances are there's gaps in what you're up to, what you're in. So you're listening to this more than likely because you are a forever learner and also wanting to grow your business. So there might be some things you need to go back to what I would call, you know, the start um, or the before and, and redo some things or really define them in a really strong way. And so, like I said, this may be a pen and paper type of episode And I actually really enjoy taking notes in an app called Notion. It's just a really nice way to have everything in one spot. Even sometimes when I'm I'm a pen to paper type of person at times, well, most times I will transfer it over to Notion. So I have it in one location. Anyways, I digress. That's not what this is about. (laughs) We're going to dive into these top 10 items. And I want to make sure that you also understand that they're There really is no wrong way of doing business. I mean, sure, there's some exceptions, right? But if for some reason you don't have one of these checked off, it doesn't mean you can't be successful. There's always an exception to every rule. But I do believe that these 10 items will help you have a really strong foundation in your business. Now, I'm not getting into any of the uh, legal things, you know, entities of setting up a business, bank accounts, financial stuff at all. And so, you know, if you're listening to this and you, you're you a lawyer, for example, and you're like, well, Tina, they have to have an LLC and they have to, you know, all these different kind of things, trademarking, all of that. I'm actually not getting into any of that today. I've had plenty of resources like that on the podcast with different guests and and whatnot. You can dive back through those other episodes. Okay. So first things first, I really want you to understand your industry that you are diving into. Again, if you already have a business and maybe you might be even kind of struggling a little bit, you may want to do some research on your competitors. Now you may think I am unique. I, no one else is doing what I'm doing. Chances are you're not that unique. (laughs) Chances are someone is doing something sort of similar-ish to what you're up to. 
Now, getting clear on your industry and understanding what you're getting yourself into is really helpful. And I will share this real life example of my own. Uh, when one of my dear friends, actually a, a previous employee of mine, had decided that she wanted to start her very own business. And I said, raise my hand, like, I'm into, like, let's do this together. And so we decided to jump into the makeup industry. Now, both of us had a little bit of an idea of how crazy this industry was and knew that we we more than likely weren't going to be on the you know top 10 list or even top 100 list of makeup lines. I will tell you, there were a lot of things we did not know and kind of went in a little bit blindly. Now, right now, while I'm recording this, I'm listening to uh, Jamie Kern Lima's book, Believe It, which I highly recommend, and I will put a link in the show notes. And she created It Cosmetics, which sold for $1.3 billion to L'Oreal. As I am hearing her stories of the serious blood, sweat, and tears, I was like, oh my goodness, we didn't even scratch the surface of this industry. And, you know, a little bit is we were, you know, maybe semi-clear on the industry. We probably weren't semi-clear even on our goals of what we actually wanted to be able to achieve, you know, um, and, and really our why behind all of it, at least for me, I can't speak for my business partner, but getting clear on the industry and, and really knowing what you're getting yourself into. I don't know that it would have changed our decision in starting the business, but we may have made some different decisions um, as we were going in, things we were spending money on and whatnot. So get clear on that industry. Now, I'll share a positive uh, side of this. I am super clear on the marketing industry. That's what I am in. I am a marketing coach. I have a marketing membership. And I once had a, an agency, a design and marketing agency. I get it. I know it on the local landscape. I know it on the um, larger landscape and also could, could use the same example of the makeup, makeup industry. The marketing industry is huge, massive, crazy, and it does not deter me from jumping into it because I know that I might be for people that other people, you know, they're not connected to other people, right? I might be uh, your person and I don't need to be everybody's person. So it didn't deter me from jumping in just because the landscape is pretty uh, full, <laughs> as you might uh, have noticed when you jump on social media channels but I understand it. I'm not going to look silly uh, jumping into this industry because I know it well and I've researched it, right? So get clear on your industry, number one. Wow, that was quite some tangents, but I want you to really understand there's a reason I put this one first. It's very important that you understand it. Number two, some sort of plan. <laughs> I know this is really vague. I've had plenty of episodes on creating plans for your business you know, from marketing plans to sales plans to just every single thing. Um, but when I'm saying plan here for number two, it's it's really about where are you starting? What's first? And you might be thinking, I'm not sure, Tina. Well, <laughs> I totally get that. Um, it's why there's marketing coaches. It's why there's business coaches. It's why there are plenty of mentors out there that knowing that first step is is really important. Now, I'm not saying that you need to have a coach in order to start a business, but I do think it is really helpful. 
Now, when I think about plans, when I'm working with my clients, I, I like to just see what are they excited about? Because if we can keep them in the excited motion moving forward, the chance of them actually moving on to the next things way more likely, right? So if we have something kind of fun to start with and we move into something like maybe not quite as fun, it can be a little bit easier rather than starting in the things that are like really grueling. Now, I know that's pretty vague. I'm not going to go into this a whole lot more. But for example, if paperwork is like not your jam, but designing a logo is, well, then go all in on the logo first and then end your day in the paperwork, right? But creating a little bit of a plan of how you are going to get started and launch is really crucial. Number three, find your people. You may have uh, already guessed this, but I'm going to say it um, in full, bold letters that you want to have uh, your people and part of your people are coaches and mentors and your best buddy and all of that. Now I have an episode on this specifically. It's called, are these five people in your life? Episode 58. So you're going to scroll that quite a bit. It's highly worth it. I actually did this episode as a church sermon and from stages uh, all over the place. And I speak on this topic quite a bit because I do believe that having the right people in your back pocket is really important. Now, why are these people important? I think it's pretty obvious, especially after you listen to episode 58, but there are going to be hard days. There's going to be hard days before you start. There's going to be hard days in the middle, near the end at all points. And so making sure you have uh, close connections and people to lean on is, is crucial. Number four, a budget. I can't tell you how many times that I've gone to a small business owner and they have needed something uh, that I have had to offer. And I've asked them what their budget is and they have no clue. And if your budget is truly zero, then that will help you make decisions real easy. You're in DIY mode. You will be doing all of the things on your own. Now, to some of you, you may think, well, then I don't want to do this. Well, then that's that's probably a good indication that entrepreneurship is, is not right for you. If that gets you excited that you're like, okay, let's check this off. Let's do it. Then this is totally for you. Uh, if uh, you are in the no budget uh, world. I have a couple of resources for you. One is a brand confidence checklist, and you can get that over on tidapettis.com. And that is at right at the bottom of my site. You'll just see a little bar down there. You can grab that up. It's absolutely free. It's a great way to get started to really know uh, what items are important for your business and what things you can start checking off for your brand. So back to budget. I want you to decide what are going to be some of the first things that you do spend some cash on because you are going to want to invest back in your business. Now, knowing what I know now after nearly 15 years in business, I would have started out with some sort of group coaching program a little bit earlier. I have an episode called the $800, best $800 I've ever spent. And this just came to mind. So I don't know what episode number it is right off the top of my head. Um, but to give you a little backstory is $800 is the first amount that I spent with a business coach in a group setting. And it propelled my business like nothing else that I've done. 
um, like any other coaching. I, I should say all coaching has propelled my business, but that was the first one that really got it, the wheels in motion. And so that's what I would have budgeted first. Now, second is an assistant. So helpful. So as you can see, these are people and not things or softwares. There are plenty of free softwares to start out, um, even free websites. There's so many different free things that you can start with if you do not have a budget. Not everything needs to be purchased today. Uh, in my marketing membership that I have, I have um, a few dozen people in there and uh, how it works is every single week people jump in and ask a question and you know that sometimes there's five people on there sometimes there's 15 people on there and the questions that I get are generally about what's next what's that next step for me and budget usually surrounds that right and so recently I had one of my members ask me about should they invest in a website and how much and where. And so that those are the kind of questions that people are bringing to me. And so I was able to lead them uh, down a path based on their budget that they have. And so, yes, of course, we can go high-end budget and I can refer you out to a web company, or you can start out by doing something on your own. Now, for me, I did my website on my own through lead pages. I'll put a link in the in the show notes. Uh, I did my own website through lead pages. I felt it was simple for not every not everybody believes it's simple, um, but having a guide is good and whatnot. But I was able to do it on my own and I pay a monthly fee uh, to host the website. So it fits within my budget and most budgets. So having some sort of outline of, you know, what's next in your business is important as far as the budget goes. Now, if you have... Uh, a bit of cash to start your business off. Uh, this is a little bit more fun um, to decide where you're going to spend some of those dollars, but understanding where they go and tracking them. And do you need to have some fancy software to track your budget and your finances? You don't have to, it's handy, right? Uh, but if that's not in your budget, then start out with a spreadsheet. I actually really like to grab um, different uh, customized templates off of Etsy for Excel or sorry, um, Google Docs. Uh, super nice to be able to have something. I have just a really, really simple one. I will look for a link. Uh, I got to remember all these links I'm telling you um, in uh, for the Etsy one that I grabbed up that I really, really like. Okay. Number five, unique ability, which is not truly a word, but it has a hyphen. So unique ability. What makes you unique when it comes to your brand and within your industry? Like why you uh, versus someone else? Now, I'm going to give multiple examples here from my own experiences. Uh, I'm going to go back to the makeup world. One of the things that we really had that was unique was that we had a really small line and that was on purpose a little bit for budget, but also because we wanted people to have a simple solution and not a million different options because it gets overwhelming. It's kind of like the idea of these, you know, mega millionaires wearing the same black shirt uh, every single day. Um, let's reduce the choices that you have. The other unique ability that we had within that brand was that we had a mascara club. And so every three months you would get a new mascara on subscription. Brilliant. I absolutely loved it because 
it's one of those things that you're like, mascara, how long have I had this? Am I putting like, uh, you know, a little code on it to say once I opened it because I don't want to have a junky old one. Right. So anyways, I love that about our brand. Now, another example, and, and you may be here as someone that's in network marketing. So like myself, having a doTERRA business, you know, how many people have a doTERRA business? There's many, like tons and tons and tons, right? Of doTERRA businesses out there and but business leaders, I should say. And how are we differentiating, our, differentiating ourselves? What's our unique ability? Well, we all bring our own strengths to the table. We just have to make sure we share them. Now, my strength within doTERRA is of course I have, you know, uh, knowledge on the product and, you know, healthy, natural lifestyle is what we live. But I feel like that's like 90% of doTERRA leaders. The other aspect that I bring to the table is the business piece of it, the marketing strategy, uh, and just really the business, you know, experience that I have over the last, you know, nearly 15 years. Not everybody has that. And so I recruit a lot of people that want to do this as a business versus just uh, be a customer. And my last example of this is, of course, what I'm up to right now with my Flow membership. So within this Flow membership, I really had this idea that I wanted to create something that was for every um, entrepreneur just starting out or someone that's you know in the thick of it. And they really, truly don't have a budget to have a, an expensive high-end coach, but want to have more one-on-one -on -one experience. Now, I created this because, well, for many reasons, but one of the big reasons when I had my marketing and design agency, we basically had two offerings. We had, we would completely do it for you, which was obviously more high-end, more hands-on. And then we would have these other resources, like I put on a small business conference or workshops. And those were definitely for the solo micropreneur. Uh, and I, my heart totally beat for these people even more uh, because I saw them. I saw the struggles maybe that they were in and I wanted to support them so badly. There wasn't a way necessarily at the time for me to scale that to make it you know, quote unquote, worth it uh, for my own time. And so I thought, what can I create now that I could help and support these people and, and not have this outrageous price point so that they could actually get help and grow their businesses? And so that's where flow came from. And I priced it ridiculous. It's $37 a month and it's really high touch. I'm able to communicate with my members every single week. Uh, one of the things that created this in my mind was those things that kind of make you angry or those things that make you mad. I get frustrated when I hear really small business owners jumping in these, you know, tens of thousands of dollars masterminds, and they're not actually seeing the results on the other end to pay for that investment. Now, can you? Of course, I've paid plenty of dollars uh, to high-end coaches. And I have seen great results, but I was making a lot of money at that point. So not that I don't think there's a place for it, but I wanted a place for people that have a smaller or no budget. So unique ability, those things, I hope were good examples for you to figure out what makes me unique um, above and beyond, you know, my, my, um, 
my competition and other people in my industry. So that brings us back to number one, the get clear on your industry. If you're not sure what other people are doing within the industry that you're in, it's going to be hard to figure out what that unique ability is. I clearly have a very clear idea of what other marketing people are up to, and I didn't see this anywhere else. And so it's a unique ability. Number six, your digital footprint, deciding what that's going to be. Now, I know that there definitely can be tangents and other ideas come along or you see some online course about Pinterest or Instagram or whatever, and it's not what you had originally decided for digital footprint. I get it. The shiny objects are super fun. Uh, This last week, the Threads app just came out. So I am totally on board. Uh, If that's new news to you, don't jump in yet. (laughs) I mean, maybe grab up your URL, uh, your username. But other than that, um, if you are in the truly the thick of it in building your business, this may not be the best thing for you to jump into. I digress. So deciding what your digital footprint is, this may mean that you know you're going to have a website and you are going to be on Facebook or um, you you decide you're not going to start out with a website from the beginning and you're going to launch fully just on Instagram. You can do whatever you want. There is truly no wrong answer. At some point, I will tell you, you need to be on more social sites and you need to have a website. But to start out, you don't have to have everything to get started. There are actually plenty of people that do not have social media or they do not have a website and their business is thriving. Uh, My business coach is a great example of this. His website is horrible and his social media is lacking and yet his business is thriving. And so for every single one of these things, there's always an exception to the rule. I actually just heard someone talking about fat pastor Francis Chan. He has multiple bestseller books. He is an evangelist. He's just an amazing human and he has absolutely no social media. You cannot hardly find him online unless someone else posted something about him, but yet his books sell off the shelves like crazy. He is a very unique human (laughs) to be able to have this uh, option. Uh, But Like I said, there's an exception to all of those rules, quote unquote rules. (laughs) Number seven, how are you going to get leads? Just having a simple plan of how leads are going to come in. Is it going to be based on you going to networking events? Is it going to be um, online totally, which I think is a little bit tougher, but and a little bit more expensive usually. Uh, but how are people coming through your door? So this podcast that you're listening to right now is one of my lead generation tools. As you may have noticed, I have told you multiple times that I have uh, items in the show notes for you to either listen to another one of my shows, go back to my website, check out a link that I'm putting in there, keeping you in my world. So my lead generation within this podcast is one of the most important ones that I have. Social media is another big one, but I spend a lot of time in-person networking with the right fit uh, people for both of my businesses, both my doTERRA business and my flow membership. Okay, number eight, your customer journey. Now, if you just felt overwhelmed because I just felt a little overwhelmed for you, I get it, pause this. It's okay, you can pause it and come back to it. 
uh, go work on one of those items that already felt maybe like a lot or that you didn't have completely figured out. That's totally fine. We have three more though. So if you can hang with me, awesome. If not, pause, go take a break, take a breath, do a little bit of work, come back. Okay, number eight, we're going into customer journey. So what does it look like when a new customer comes on board? Someone's like, hey, here's some cash. I want your services or your product. Now what? Do they immediately get something from you? Are they getting an email response right away? Uh, Do they get to have a phone call with you right away before they jump into your group coaching? What does it look like? This can be a simple sketch. You can just write it in your notebook right now. It can change, it can shift, but you need to have an idea of how people walk through the process. Uh, Right now I'm in the uh, process of creating an in-person event for my doTERRA team. And I was planning it with a couple other uh, business leaders. And as we're planning it out, we're like, okay, after people register, what are they receiving? How many times are they getting an email or a follow-up? Are we, you know, gifting them something at this event? What does the experience look like at the event? And then after, what does that look like? And sometimes those events kind of create it. Like people will be like, oh my goodness, we should totally, you know, meet up again and da 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 date or like, you know, have accountability or, or whatnot. And sometimes it's created within, but it's really nice when you can plan out that journey for people. Number nine, never stop learning. (laughs) So now I know that the title of this podcast episode is the best practices for starting a business. And the thing is, is like the minute we say go, right, it's we've started. And so the idea of never stop learning is, I mean, obviously that we never stop learning, that we have never reached this quote unquote, uh, you know, ending point, unless we are retiring. And I don't know that I'm ever going to do that. (laughs) I love what I do so much. I can't even imagine, but I'm only 42 years old. So you never know uh, what I'll be saying in, you know, 10, 20 years, but never stop learning. I'm never going to stop learning. Even if I didn't have a business, as I look around my office, I have, I have five books just sitting right here on the shelf in front of me. I'm always learning. I'm currently in a couple of online courses. I have a business coach and a life coach, and I'm always on a journey to learn more about myself, learn more about my uh, members, my uh, customers, my leaders within my doTERRA organization. I want to learn about people. I want to learn about how they think. I want to learn about how they buy, how they market, like all so many different pieces. So I'm in the learning at all times, never stop learning. And this is kind of a part two for number nine is being coachable. It's, it's hard for me at times to be coached uh, because I feel like I, I know it all, but I don't know it all. I want to learn, but I don't like I'm doing what I'm doing, but I'm not doing as well as I could. And so having a coach uh, and being coachable within that is really important. So if someone ever says something to you that kind of irritates you a little bit, Usually that's something like within business. I mean, usually usually that's something that you may already know. And they're just pointing out something that you're like, ah, I know, like, I know I'm supposed to do that, but bugs me that you're seeing it. You're like pointing it out. Uh, Here's a great example of this. Uh, This past weekend, I was with one of um, my biz besties and uh, she's like, Tina, why are you not recording podcasts right now? And I'm like, 
I know it's so bad. I need to. And she's like, dude. <laughs> right. So she just, and it, it was like, ah, oh, you're irritating me. Why are you saying this? But I totally get it. So be coachable. And, you know, part of that is, is learning, right? You're learning as people are coaching you. So here I am recording this episode that I've had planned out for a long time. Okay. Last, but certainly not least is your why. Goodness, this part is so important in every decision we're making. What's your why? Why are you doing this? Now, if it is purely financial, that will only get you so far. If you are doing this to help and serve people, it will feel so good for so long. One caveat that I have here is oftentimes people will will create a why and it will have an ending point. And that's totally fine. But I want to encourage you to pivot quickly when that why is checked. And I'll give you a really great example of this. (laughs) A number of years ago, actually like eight, six, seven, seven. Okay. Seven years ago, (laughs) I had a why within my doTERRA business that I wanted to grow that business strong enough financially so that my husband could pursue a, um, a passion and not a paycheck, meaning that he could leave his corporate job and do whatever he wanted to do. And so as I was growing that doTERRA business, we went through some major bumps in the road in our marriage, and it led to my husband leaving his current job, his corporate job. He started his own company, and it is going so well. He does it out of our house. It's really great. And it took me a while to understand that we had achieved that why, even though it wasn't how I thought it was going to be like God showed up in different ways than I had planned. Imagine that. And my why was checked. And I sat in my doTERRA business for too long without a new why. And it, it stagnated me because I was not feeling like doing the work like I once had. And so having a new why and understanding why am I doing what I'm doing Finding that new why, if it doesn't come for you, then there's a chance maybe that business is no longer for you. Now, I didn't find that in my doTERRA business. I love my doTERRA business. My why shifted and it feels good. But there have been other times in business where my why wasn't strong enough and I closed those businesses or my why faded. And so when you're starting in your business, know that it can change, it can fade, and that's okay. We probably aren't meant to do the same thing forever as humans. I know we think we don't like change, but we do. We like new and shiny. And so just flow with your why. Let it, uh, you know, let it shift. If it needs to shift, it will shift. And yes, there may be some identity crisis in there. There may even be a little bit of shame or sadness that's okay. It's life. But for now, know your why in this business that you're currently in or starting and remind yourself of it on the tough days, on the great days, and all of those in between. 
So I hope that this was not too overwhelming. I hope you were able to take away a nugget or five or 10 and are able to take action on this episode immediately. Now, I'm going to encourage you to not just, you know, move on to the next episode or onto the next task, but to really tackle one thing at least that you learned today so you can move it all into motion, your whole business, all these best practices. Now, I mentioned to you many times about my Flow membership. If you liked this episode or liked any episode in the past, I promise you will love being a part of our Flow membership. The community is so good. We go through so many awesome topics and so many have already seen a lot of growth. You can find that at tinapettis.com forward slash flow, or there is a link in my show notes. I hope you guys have a wonderful and blessed day.